I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And this week, a strategy for developing a championship mindset. Sounds impressive, doesn't it? Yes, it's race season. It's time to race. The championships, your championship is coming. It might be the world championships. It might be your first 5K. It doesn't matter, brother. You can get busy getting ready the right way. So let's talk about it in today's show. But first... Sometimes you just do something where you can see the consequences laid out. You can turn and you can walk away, but a certain magnetism draws you in, pulls you towards misery. And there you go, you do it anyway. I feel like this might be one of those times, but well, gang, here we go. Now, March to a thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts. Yes, we want to get to a thousand reviews by the end of the year, 2019. Why? Well, it raises our profile. It increases listenership, being quite forward here. But also it allows us to keep the same quality content each week while keeping the show ad free. And so we're asking for your help. And we're going to do a little carrot because carrot is better than stick, I find. And so we're going to get involved. We're going to do a competition of sort, but we're putting me, yeah, little me, innocent me, right in the center of this. You see, if we're successful as a team, you guys, the listeners, the Purple Patch reviewers, if we can hit a thousand reviews, I'll do whatever you guys want whatever you want. All right. Within safe reason, of course, and this got to be under an hour and you can't tell me to do an Ironman. I've got my own fitness goals and I promise you it doesn't include doing an Ironman anymore. But yeah, you guys get to give the ideas. The Purple Patch team are going to choose the best three ideas of which then you, the listeners, are going to vote on. Now, I cannot imagine some of the things that are going to pop out. So use your imagination. We're going to film it, we're going to post it, we're going to share it, and it should be funny. It's got to be something, and I don't mind if you shame me a little bit. I'm putting myself out there. This goes well beyond the old ice bucket challenge or any of that stuff. What do you want to see me do? It's got to be appealing, it's got to be ethical, it's got to be supportive, and it's got to be funny. Go to purplepatchfitness.com forward slash podcast, fill out an entry form, and just explain exactly what you'd like me to do. Oh, I can't imagine. But first, what you've got to do is leave us, of course, a positive review if you love the show and the free content that we provide. If you're not sure how to leave a review, just head to the show notes for a quick video tutorial. We're going to add it there and you can go on from there. Now, before we get into that jingle, I know you're waiting and I've extended it out this week a little bit. A little piece for the squad is the Purple Patch Squad. I want to talk about the inner animal, something I'm going to extend in next week's show. But 
we're going to do a little insight for the squaddies, the people that are part of the squad. And there are some sessions that assist in what I call developing the inner animal. If you're not part of the team, I think it's worth me explaining. A part of the squad, we've got various names for some of the key and I would say most memorable training sessions. In the swim, we've got the Baxter, the Baxter James, the Baxter James Dixon. Ooh, that last one's a cruel one. On the bike, some of the favourites. We've got the Nipple Twisters, the Shirley. Yes, that's named after a certain British wrestler that many of our British listeners will know, Big Daddy. But the Clamp. That's the one we want to talk about today, the clamp. What's the meaning behind the clamp? It is an exercise in progressive pacing and management. Just as it sounds, you're gradually going to get locked down. So the success in the clamp where we have you do something like very, very strong effort into sustained building progressive effort, your success cannot come from purely following a specific metric, power, nor heart rate. It can only come from feeling, from awareness, from management, and for developing a keen sense of how you feel on the day and therefore responding in kind. You end up in the clamp in a frenzy, building to your highest effort and hopefully your highest power. And with that, success is paved, not just in the session, but it's also an education in awareness and making smart decisions, something we're going to talk about today. So that's my little insight on the squaddies this week, The Clamp. If you're interested, get involved. Head to the squad page. But now, let's do Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks, serious with a wig. Let's open the book, it's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, the word of the week is the 63. The 63. Okay, I've come up with some confusing phrases and words for our weekly word of the week, but the 63, whatever could he mean, I hear you say. Well, this week, I tip my hat to yes, the 63 purple patch athletes who qualified to the Ironman 70.3 World Championships in Nice. Three pros are towing the line, joined by 60 amateurs, all planning to head to Côte d'Azur. For you non-triathlete listeners, the Ironman 70.3 Championships is, well, in our little sport, a big deal. You've likely heard of the Hawaii Ironman. This is a little bit like the Little Sister, but it's still a heck of an event. 1.2 mile or 1.9 kilometer swim, 56 mile or 90 kilometer bike ride, and 13.1 or 21 kilometer half marathon to finish. This year's championships, as I mentioned, in Nice. So it's a sea swim followed by a challenging mountainous ride and a fast long run along the promenade. And yes, the pros go fast. Let me give you some insight. The men, 1.2 miles, about 21 minutes of swimming. Just over a smidge over two hours for the bike ride and then posting under an hour and 10 minutes for a half marathon just to finish it off. The women, not a whole lot slower. But for the 63, most are not trying to win overall. All right, maybe a few. 
but most going unified in a simple mission to improve and be the best that they can be. The 63 are already champions of their own life performance and connected through a shared passion for performance and a desire to improve. We lose the ego, we share the respect for each other's journey. We try our best and we have fun doing it. We strive for greatness, but we are never defined by our struggles. And we realise that this event and occasion is a privilege and a reason for celebration. And guess what? You can join me and many of the 63. We've got a pre-race meeting at Meridian Hotel, the Meridian Hotel, Friday at 1.30, the day before the race. Oh, and don't worry, you won't have to listen to me just drone on. You'll be joined by some special guests, including Andy Blow of Precision Hydration. And I bet that we get into all sorts of nitty-gritty around sweat testing, race predictions, and even some funny stories. We'd love to have you join us. You can sign up on the link and RSVP. If you want to join... A little education, a little excitement. Head to purplepatchfitness.com and you can register. Of course, feel free to share with your friends as well. But for this week, for the word of the week, we tip our hats and celebrate the 63. Well done, team. Have a great time out there. And now, let's get on with the meat and potatoes. Yes, the meat and potatoes this week is priming your best performance, setting yourself up for success when it counts. Preparation, mindset, execution. This is perfect timing as we head towards two World Championship events in the Ironman 70.3 and, of course, in October, the Ironman World Championships. But you don't need to be an Ironman or chasing a podium to draw lessons to prime your best performance when it counts. So before we dive in, what's my hope in this? To stop self-sabotage, overthinking, unneeded overcomplication in what it takes to find great performance when it counts. And with this in mind, I want to begin with a couple of important concepts. The first is that great performances are not mystical and they typically arrive out of doing some really basic things repeatedly right. But also, and I think this is important to frame, by doing things repeatedly right, it doesn't guarantee great performances every time. It simply increases the likelihood of that happening. And that's what we want to do. We want to set yourself up for success. We can never guarantee success, but we can put yourself in the environment and allow yourself to arrive prepared to give yourself that opportunity. And so we should keep that in mind as we explore this topic. And the way we're going to investigate is really through three parts. The first, concepts in planning and preparation. The second, mindset. And the third, execution, what you do on race day. And so, without further ado, let's get to it. Concepts in planning and preparation. So as we think about planning and preparation, the first place that we drop to is framing your training. 
So there are a few things that we can go through in bullet point that I think will set you up. The first is we want your training to have echoes of familiarity and repeatability. And what we mean by that is we seek performance predictability and setting up your training in which we have a hierarchy of tougher sessions or key days, the ones that are designed to move the performance needle and are predictable so that when you execute them, you can start to learn your own rhythms and habits and what works for you so that you can set up a chance to be firing on all cylinders on those key sessions as much as you can. Of course, then you repeat and evolve that into your race weeks. With those sessions, those very tough days, the ones that are the drivers, the ones that move the performance needle. We always like in your training framework to have a very similar last 48 hours of drop-in or preparation. And as we go through the training process, you should really become refined at learning what makes you feel good. There is no magic here. There is no recipe. Some people like to do very, very little. Some people need to prime and open up and do a little bit more. Some people need two days of real rest. Some people need two days of harder work. But whatever it is, as you go through your pattern, as you go through your training, if your key session is on a Saturday, typically, Thursday and Friday wants to follow the rhythm and start to become a little bit predictable as to what you're going to do so that on the Thursday and Friday before your Saturday race, it is familiar and repeatable. We have that weeks on weeks and we come up a level and we try and mimic that whole concept when it comes to the macro plan as well. Because we have hard training weeks, ones that are focused on driving that are going to create fatigue. But every third week or so, we have what we call transition weeks. And those are the weeks that are repeatedly built to have a similar rhythm of a race week. And so this doesn't mean that every third week is very easy and it primes you for one single session, but the rhythm of training is exactly the rhythm that we try and mimic as we go into a race week. And guess what? When it's your championship week or your big week of your race, it should be similar in rhythm to that. And the final component of training framework is you want to repeatedly, week on week, month on month, as you lead into the race, put yourself in training sessions that force awareness, decisions, adaptation, and a realization that perfection won't happen. And so you want to be challenged, you want to be stressed, and ultimately, yes, you want a specific preparation, but you should be driven towards and have an appeal towards sessions that force you to adapt and evolve on the fly. And sometimes, sometimes failure will happen in those sessions because sometimes, hopefully rarely, failure is going to happen on race day as well. So how about taper? How do we approach taper? So for your endurance athletes out there, here's the answer. Don't taper. What? She says. No, I mean it. You don't need to detrain for three weeks. You need to go in really fit, familiar, confident, and yes, fresh. Remember the purple patch saying, fit and fresh? We want you fresh. But we want to have the feeling of an endurance athlete. We want you to be familiar. 
And so what does that mean? What that means is rest early. Do a cleanse, a clean out, rejuvenation. That should happen 10 to 21 days before where you have multiple days in a row where you seriously rest and get fresh. And then instead of having some unfamiliar pattern and some crazy mental transition to, quote, taper, just do a mini block of training. It should be familiar in pattern, in rhythm and in session, but just not quite as hard. So yes, I'm being a little facetious. That's a taper, but it's not just this gradual decline of the lens that the so many people view and actually approach taper. 48 hours before, as you're in your mini taper, as you might call it, similar prep, the same thing. The days leading into the tougher weekends or the smaller races, at least in rhythm and spirit, if not the exact workout details, are the same. So we have two things there. We have how to set up the framework of training. We have our taper. Now we are prepared. The race is looming. We come on. How do we, with a championship mindset, how do we get ready for the specifics of the event? Well, do your homework. Know the course. Understand the venue. Realize what the logistics are and investigate the quirks. The more that you can understand, the more empowered you are. And it isn't to get down and dirty and understand every detail and create some crazy schedule or folder of spreadsheets. And we don't want to elicit fear. But rather, it's about empowering yourself via insights and information. And as you'll find out, much of your success is going to be dependent on problem solving. So it's helpful to know what challenges you might be facing well in advance. So when we think about doing your homework, the way to think about it is the more that you can transition to autopilot via good planning, the less stress you're going to be faced leading up to the race and ultimately into race day. So therefore, you're going to have more focus and willpower, which is not an endless resource, to channel into the doing. And so it is worth planning and doing your homework. It really is. You don't need to obsess. You don't need to grind. But you should know what's coming and you should plan with a calm mindset. Now, before we move on, let's talk about the vice. You know it. The winding tension, the worry, the pre-race nerves, the tummy rumbles. Here are my thoughts on this. If you feel those sensations, lean in. Thank goodness. Here's a little secret for you. Apathy is not a performance enhancer. This is a sign that you care. Your body knows it's going to take effort. The nerves that you feel are not a sign of a lack of readiness. Instead, they're a sign that the body is getting ready. It's part of the priming, the preparation, the setup. So don't run away, let it be. And I guess in many ways that leads us to part two, mindset. Familiarity beats freak out. So when we think about mindset, I think it's worth us understanding this, that for you to do something special, 
is actually doing something that you have done many times before. And here's the key to a big, big performance. It's likely going to come at a time when you let it flow and almost accidentally allow yourself to do what you've been trained to do. You see, yes, it is a big event for you, whether it is your 5K or the World Championships, and I know it's important to you, but that doesn't mean that a special performance means approaching it in a special way. You see, you've learned from prior podcasts and shows that we've done that change, even if it's positive, is really hard. I'll say it so you remember, change is really fucking hard. It's really hard. And so why, when you go towards your big event, would you actively change things as you're getting ready for the race? A special performance is facilitated from the training and the preparation. It's going to bubble through a familiar framework as you possibly can. And so for a mindset standpoint, don't get driven to change what has worked for you in the past. Your training and preparation must be allowed, must be given freedom to actually emerge. And that doesn't mean that you must recreate the process. You actually have permission to smile. You see, your absolute success here is your best effort in executing all the things that you have in your control. And so instead of thinking that you have to change or do something special or add something new, instead, as a mindset component, double down on focusing, and you've heard this before on other show, focus on the basics, on the controllables. And you know what that is primarily? That's you. Focus on you. Focus on the process, the journey, step by step. Seek familiarity. Don't change what you're used to. It's time for a story. Let me express this, and let's talk about one of the Purple Patch Pros. Mr. Consistent at the World Championships, Mr. Consistent when he races, very rarely is he off the podium, Sam Appleton. He's had a wonderful career, he's developed very well as a platform of a great 70.3 athlete. Let's go back to 2017, heading into the World Championships in Chattanooga. That year, leading into the September race, Sam had already raced four times. He'd won four times. A repeatable pattern every time that he raced. Get to the venue three days prior. Rest up, a little bit of building two days prior, a little bit of sharpening the day before, race the race, go home. As we went into this race, Sam called me, had a little chat, and he said, I'm planning my travel. When should I arrive, do you think? You can guess what the answer was. He lives in Boulder, the race was in Chattanooga not crossing too many time zones. How about you arrive three days prior? Sam's response, but this is the world championships. Yes, but what is it? Actually, what is it? It's a race. It's an Ironman 70.3. It's an Ironman 70.3 with the same distances and very similar terrain of the other four races you've done this year so far of which you've done very well in all of them. So what has worked? Replicate what you can replicate. What did Sam do? He arrived three days prior. 
What was the outcome? Familiarity, a sense of calm, a sense of normality, and of course, a freedom for him to express himself, and yes, you guessed it, have a very good race. Now, it isn't failure if you cannot mimic every piece. Let's jump to this year. Sam won't arrive to Nice three days prior. It's way too far away. He has to adapt and evolve. But what he will do, and the key message, is he will retain as much familiarity as possible so that he can have the mind space to go and execute and do what he loves to do, race. So back to the flow. We talk about race. Sam loves to race. I hope you love to race. But what about race plans? What about in endurance sports, nutrition plans? Here's the thing. Your race plan and your fueling plan need to fit in your head, not on a spreadsheet. You cannot frame minute by minute. They have to be adaptable and dynamic and you shouldn't expect perfection because it ain't gonna happen. And so in the same way that resilience and adaptability is a key component of performance in any endeavor in life, it should be built into your plan. So have a framework, have scenarios, aim to execute, be ready to adapt. And then for you metric heads out there, use the metrics, but use them for your success, not for your shackling. And so have a framework, have a gauge, but be ready to marry and adapt to your energy, the situation, the environment, and the terrain. And ultimately, when it comes to your race plan, your race plan is not anchored in outcomes. Make it personal. It is about your best performance, your best performance. Your outcomes, your goals, your dreams will flow out of your best performance every single time. You see, I seldom see great performances that come out of a place of high tension, fear, anger, or under the banner of the Rocky theme, especially in endurance sports. So instead, make it about you. Aim to hit your best performance, and then let's see where the chips fall. Let me go to another story. Let's go to another great Australian athlete, Tim Reed. Tim Reed, I should say, Ironman 70.3 world champion. But how did he get there? When I coached him, and Tim remains a good friend, but when I coached him over the four years, Tim was a self-proclaimed warrior. Equipment fit, plans, competitors. But actually underneath all of that worry and that tinkering, was a cunning, smart, pure racer. And so as we went to the 2016 Ironman 70.3 World Championships, my challenge was, how can I bring out Tim the racer? How can I suppress Tim the tinkerer? It's the World Championships, the World Championships that are pretty much in his hometown. It's got the best field ever assembled to that point. There were lots of tactical nuances that were probably going to happen. It was a highly unpredictable race. And yet, what was the plan? What was the magic secret? How are we going to formulate this to actually create the best outcome for Tim? What's the plan? My plan wasn't very detailed. My plan or goal was to bring out Tim the racer, remember? 
And so how did I, how could I shift the relationship and convert the hometown presence of being a lift, not a suppressor? Well, we talked about it. This will never happen again. Perspective, an opportunity, a chance to flourish. Don't let the occasion bypass you. The world championships pretty much very close to your hometown. It will never happen again. What are the scenarios, number two? There are different scenarios, countless scenarios. We cannot formulate for everyone. What we can do is trust ourselves to make decisions. Use your judgment, and once you use that judgment, that core gut, remember, cunning. Once you make that judge decisions, don't look back. Don't second guess. Go with it. And third, permission to enjoy it. The famous quote of my race plan, go have fun. Providing him with the freedom to race his best performance. And so with a blend of trained judgment, gut, and yes, a little smidgen of luck along the way, it so happened that Tim made decisions. With no formal plan, an opportunity to race free, it was one of those days where every decision he made, and he made plenty, was the right decision. The crowd, which just a week prior had been seen as a suppressor, as an external stress, was now the driver behind him. It was the lift. It was the cherry on his train performance. He got into the zone. It came down to the last kilometer, shoulder to shoulder, with the favorite. There are no more thoughts of latex tubes, the fit, shoe choice, training, simplicity of mano and mano racing. Tim was buoyed by this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, carried by the crowd. What an athlete, world champion by two seconds. And so suddenly, a race plan of go have fun doesn't sound quite so dumb. Because really what it was behind that was a chance for Tim to express his trained potential, his trained potential, himself, his effort, his performance. The outcome, well, the outcome was the result. World champion, it was special. But it was the athlete being able to express himself with freedom that made it. And that is the mindset. It's about you and your best performance. So now finally, we move to part three, execution. I don't think we can talk about execution at a championship or any race without talking about the first two things, warm up and the start. So warm up, very simply, it's going to be massively important. It's typically skipped or not done well enough by endurance athletes, and it tends to lead to starting in an underprepared state in which it magnifies initial stress. All day you're going to be managing stress. Don't amplify the stress by having a poor warm-up. And so in execution, championship mindset, focus on warm-up. Then get in the right mind space. The start. Calm and connected. If you're a triathlete, it's not about going out hard, it's going about fast. And that's very different. You see, force and high effort isn't the best way to find high speed. 
power or speed comes from a relaxed state, from a calm state, from a rhythm, from connection. And so the first thing around execution in a championship is having the courage to stay calm. But what about the race? You've gone through a warm-up, you've done the start. How about the race? How do you go about this? Well, here's my chance to be all English. Process, not outcome. But let me translate. Process, not outcome. What you want to do very simply as you're going about executing with a mindset and a plan about you, knowing that you're going to have to adapt, is to break the race down into small projects. You've got to focus on what is in front of you. And you should anticipate or expect to face problems, roadblocks, challenges. And so that, that what that means is you're going to have to problem solve. You cannot expect perfection. Instead, be ready to adapt. That's why we talk about becoming change-able. You see, what's going to happen in this race, your championship, whatever it is, is going to remain the same, which is your mission is going to be very simple, ultimately, to get from A to B as fast as you can, no matter what happens. And so by focusing on the process and by dealing with what is in front of you and problem solving with the inevitable challenges that are going to happen, while we don't expect perfection, we can chase it, but then we must adapt. We have to also realize and discuss evaluation. You see, evaluation is only for post-race. If you're a triathlete, swim the swim, then it's behind your ears. What's in front of you? The bike. Break it down. Deal with the bike. Maximize the bike. How is the bike? Who cares? Move on. What's in front of you is the run. Maximize the run. A to B, as fast as you can, no matter what happens. Evaluation cannot help. Information on splits and times cannot give you insight on how you're doing. The course might be long. The change of the weather might have an imprint on your pace. Who knows? You will know, but not now. Focus on the doing. Focus on the now. Process, not outcome. That's right. Evaluation is only useful post-race. And finally, decisions. They can't be in a vacuum. Engage in awareness. As you're going through your process and you're navigating the swim, the bike, the run, the 5K, whatever you're doing, check in. How am I feeling? How is my energy? How is my focus? How is my form? You see, your decisions and your adaptability cannot be made in a vacuum and you must be willing to change. My final words, guys, three things there as we talk about it. Number one, planning. Number two, set the mindset. Number three, simply execute. And as we do this, realize this is sport. You can do this all right, but there are no free passes. There are no promises. There are no gifts. You can prepare, you can race, and you still might not succeed. And that is okay because success is anchored in doing your best in trying your hardest, in executing all that you can control to help improve your performance. And if, 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 if things end up rough, you can learn, you can go back, you can evolve, you can improve, and you get to come back again. You see, it doesn't mean 
or won't mean you are a failure. And it won't affect your relationships that you care about. It's just another step in the non-linear journey to your best self. Oh, and guess what? If you realise this and you accept it, and then you can quickly transition to what racing really is, which is a celebration, pure fun and a chance to go out on a limb, risk-free and go and see what you can do. And so rather than worrying about what might happen or fearing all of the things that can go wrong, you might actually be able to anchor on what might go right. And then you can get busy going to make that happen. And so best of luck. Race the race, and we'll speak next time. Take care.